What are the biggest misconceptions about the Calgary real estate market? Find out on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, and welcome back to the show. Once again, Andrew LaFleur here. If you want to get a hold of me ever, you can do so by emailing andrew at truecondos.com or you can call me 416-371-2333 or text me or WhatsApp me at that number. So we are in the middle of, I guess you could call it Calgary week here at True Condos. And uh, once again, we're bringing you the third podcast in the past week talking about Calgary doing a deep dive here on all things Calgary because we have this great opportunity that I'm investing in that many of my clients are investing in uh, with Minto in Calgary, ERA Condos. It's called ERA, ERA Condos in the Bridgeland neighborhood of Calgary. It's a great opportunity. It's a great deal. Calgary is a buyer's market. Um, So Wanted to bring you a couple of experts here. That's the goal of these two podcasts. The last one with Matthew Bucall uh, of Altus Group and now Anne-Marie Lurie, who's the chief economist with the Calgary Real Estate Board. Um, And I had a great chat with her. She's got 20 years of experience, really knows her stuff, really knows what what she's talking about. And it was great chatting with her to get the real picture of what's happening in Calgary. And also asked her, you know, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about Calgary? Things that... Um, especially for us out of province, us Torontonians, mostly listening to this podcast, although there's people from all across the country, from Vancouver to Halifax and everything in between. Uh, I've got many buyers and people interested literally across from coast to coast, uh, which is very interesting. So I think fundamentally we all know about Calgary. We know it's a a good place. We know it's a, a very livable city. Um, it's one of Canada's biggest cities and historically it's, you know, economically speaking, it's, it's been one of the most successful cities, but we also know that, um, right now they are struggling and they have been struggling for the past few years, um, since around 2014 with the oil price correction until now. So it's not all roses and that's not what I'm here to tell you. And I'm not, uh, you know, if you're, this is not, uh, it's a very different market than Toronto, especially. So I want everyone to get a chance to understand that, to know more about it and to consider this investment and understand what it's, what it is and what it isn't when we're buying here in Calgary. I do believe personally that we're buying at the bottom of the market. I think the future is, is looking very bright, uh, and signs are very positive that there's going to be great growth ahead. Um, in Calgary once again, and now is a good time to get in before um, the market takes off again. But I also um, will say to anybody who's asking and talking to you about the about this opportunity, this is not you know Calgary is not going to suddenly turn on a dime and shoot up overnight, uh, you know twenty percent in in twenty twenty or anything like that. Um, but they will come out of this lull period sometime in the next, um, you know, was it one year? Is it two years? Is it three years? We don't know, but they're going to come out of this as they always do. They've been down for so long that it's just a matter of time before they bounce back. There are certainly, as I said, a lot of positive signs to indicate that that is starting to happen already. Um, inventory numbers starting to come down. 
across the board and, and activity picking up in the, uh, the sub-$500,000 range. And the population continues to grow. Again, if we have a growing population in, in, our, in the city, that's what we want to see first and foremost, and that's what we are seeing. Another big thing which both Anne-Marie and Matthew uh, hit on in these interviews is the fact that there's actually more people employed. There are more jobs occupied by people, more employed people in Calgary today in 2019 than there were in the height of the last boom in 2014. So even though they went through a recession, now they, the, the, the number of people employed is, is actually more than it ever was. That's a positive sign. Um, that's, a, that's a sign that uh, even though the jobs are different maybe from what they were before, it's a very positive sign that things are moving in the direction we want them to go. Um, but as I said, this is not a, nobody's going to snap their fingers and it's going to suddenly, uh, prices are shooting up, you know, 20% overnight. We're not expecting that to happen, but we do, uh, think this is an amazing opportunity where you only have to put down 5% deposit, assuming you qualify. The building's not going to be built for four years. And then at the end of four years, you have a two year rental guarantee with the numbers looking, uh, projecting out to be positive cash flow for those two years as well and beyond. So it's really a no brainer investment. So without further delay, uh, here is my interview with Anne Marie Lurie of the Calgary real estate board, the chief economist. Um, enjoy. Okay. Anne Marie, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, being here today. Thanks for having me. Great. Um, maybe you could start just tell tell me and everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do and, and uh, what's your story? Like, how did you get started in, in real estate in the industry? Sure. Um, so I'm the chief economist for the Calgary Real Estate Board. Um, I've been doing real estate work for oh, probably over 20 years now, um, So, but on different aspects. So I actually started off um, I've got, first of all, I got my background. I got both my um, bachelor's and my master's degree in economics, um, both from the UC. Um, so I'm a Calgary-based person. Um, now, that being said, I've also worked in many different aspects of this industry. So I started off in pension investment activity, which um, was really a focus more on commercial activity. Um, and then I've worked at CMHC, and I've had um, opportunities at College International, uh, and then, of course, at the real estate board, where it's more on the analytical side, on the residential side. So um, I've been doing this for quite some time, and um, I've always been dedicated to the real estate analysis side. So what, uh, like, what's your primary mandate with your your role? I mean, I imagine it's probably similar to the setup we have here in Toronto with the Toronto Real Estate Board, and, and there's uh, economists and people there that are sort of representing the board and the members, and you're sort of... Uh, speaking to the media a lot about the market and representing the the interests of the realtors in Calgary is that is that sort of uh, like what's your what's your um, you know what's your sort of mandate day to day with with uh, specifically with with the the Calgary Real Estate Board? Um, so what I really do is I provide information. So so my job is to ensure that the best quality information is provided to both our members and the public. Um, so I put together all of the data and the statistics, as well as provide my analysis you know, in the most unbiased fashion. Great, so why don't you give us a bit of a snapshot again for, for most people listening here uh, from the Toronto area, from Ontario, people across the country, but most of us are here in, in 
the GTA, and we're trying to understand a little bit more about the Calgary market and what's happening there. Where do you sort of see things going? Yep, absolutely. Um, so if we think about what's happened in our market, we've had um, a number of things that are very different. I mean, so first of all, we've had um, the correction in the energy sector. Now, this started back in 2014 when oil prices came down, and it really caused a, a significant shift in our market in that you know we had a lot of job losses, particularly in higher-paid salaries that were professional positions, um, which impacted Calgary. Um, quite extensively. Um, and then through that, I mean, we just haven't had enough change to really support any shifts. So from 2014 on, we've seen that, um, you know, the impact of, you know, job losses in the slower energy sector has filtered through all aspects of our market. I mean, we went through a two-year recession in 2015 and 16, um, and with that has come slower activity in housing. So we saw sales activity fall, um, and obviously supply levels were rising in part because, you know, prior to 2014, we were a very strong market. A lot of activity was going on. We had very strong price growth. So, that, so we had a lot of good things happen before that. Um, but then we were left with this oversight when our market shifted um, due to economic conditions. So we have been really adjusting to that since then. Um, in 2018, we also faced, you know, obviously the stress test. This was a national uh, program, obviously, but the challenge with the stress test, at least from an Alberta perspective, is it came at a time when we were already struggling with higher levels of unemployment um, and income growth has been very difficult to rise. So, so given that backdrop, we have had a number of challenges that have kept our sales activity fairly low. Um, and it's caused price adjustments. Now, the price adjustments um, have ranged depending on product type. Um, we've seen the largest drop in prices in the apartment condominiums um, versus what we've seen in, let's say, the detached or the semis. Now, moving, you know, sort of what we started to see this year is we're starting to see a bit of transition. So, um, you know, it's not that our economic situation has improved much. I mean, it's stayed relatively the same in terms of employment activity and what's happening in the energy sector. But we have at least started to see that the housing market's stabilizing. Now, that's for a number of reasons. Um, you know, we've, we've seen that the supply is starting to adjust. So that amount of new listings coming on and that new starts activity is starting to slow to better match demand now. So we're, we're seeing conditions start to move to much more balanced conditions, um, which will eventually support much more stability in pricing. Now, our demand scenario has also, I mean, we did have some improvements this year, and that's in part because we also saw lending rates come down. So, um, you know, improved mortgage rates helped, you know, bring more people back into the market that might have been pushed out with the stress test and the changes that came in in 2018. So we've seen some improvements in that aspect. Um, so sales activity improved a bit, but what we're really seeing is a shift in our market. So most of the improvement in sales is occurring in the lower price ranges. So this is where we're seeing um, the market starting to improve. In the upper price ranges, there's still those challenges continue to persist. Um, and that's really consistent with the economic conditions. I mean, we have more people working today than we did back in 2014, but the types of jobs have changed and at, at different income levels. So a lot of that shift in employment is also creating these shifts in the housing market where we're seeing improvements really in the more affordable product. Um, other factors that have been influencing our market is, I mean, we continue to have fairly strong population growth. 
um, relative to the rest of the country. So, I mean, we've had population growth in around that 1.5%. Now, for some people who are from this region, they feel like that's a big adjustment because we're used to population growth of over 3%. Um, so it might be an adjustment, but at the same time, you know, we're looking a lot more like normal levels of activity. So we're moving into almost what I view as a, a more stable state um, than what we have been in the past. Um, so we're starting to see that shift. Um, other things that we're starting to see is on the supply side of the market, um, there has been adjustments, as I said before, on the new home side as well as on the resale. Um, but the rental market has actually seen some, some significant improvement. Now, this is tied to a couple things. First of all, as I mentioned, we do have population growth. Most of that has been fueled um, in part because we have a young population, but also through migration. And the net migration numbers... Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of, um, you know, migration coming from international sources. And typically when they're from international sources, they start off in the rental market. And we're seeing that play out in terms of declining vacancies in there. Um, and while they're not back to the lows that, I mean, we, we used to have, I mean, traditionally, like not very much vacancy rate at all. So they're not quite at those levels, but at the same time, they are edging down and that's creating some improvements in the market. And then if we layer on fact that it is a lot harder to get into ownership, um, that has also encouraged um, people just really to stay in rental longer. So we're seeing some real improvements on the rental side of the market. Now, as we move forward, I think some of the key things that we're looking at is, you know, much more of stable conditions. If the supply adjustment continues, we should start to move into much more balanced conditions, and that should hopefully support much more stable price environment. Now, I do think we're going to continue to see um, differences and divergent trends, really depending on the uh, segment of the market we're dealing with. So the under 500,000 segment of our market still remains, um, will continue to see um, improvements because, you know, that is really where all of that demand growth is going to go. I mean, we continue to expect to see some job growth into next year. Um, you know, I mean, while it's not the pace that we almost got used to in this city, um, still is a lot of activity and a, and a lot of de desire and demand for affordable um, home products, right? So we're seeing growth in that area. I think that's going to persist into next year. Um, we will likely continue to face some challenges at the upper end of the market, um, really until we start to see income levels grow up. So I, th I think that, you know, that those different trends will persist as we move into next year. Um, but really, we're starting to at least see some sort of stabilization in our market. Um, and it's almost a new normal. I mean, you know, one thing for people looking at, you know, on the outside into Calgary, I mean, here in Alberta, we've kind of got used to the, the strong growth and the, the boom bust cycles, um, you know, in our market. And I've often said now we're moving into a situation where we're starting to look like a lot of other types of markets where we have much more normal levels of activity that are really consistent with more of the longer term trends. Interesting. So you, what do you think is causing that in terms of, uh, does it feel like a fundamental shift in the market in Calgary moving away, as you say, from these boom and bust cycles uh, that are usually tied to oil prices and, and oil sector activity into, like you said, a more uh, diversified sort of economy that, uh, you know, other large cities will follow sort of a more slow and steady upward trend as opposed to this big highs and big lows kind of thing. Is that, am I getting you right on that? 
in part. I mean, I mean, we know that a lot of um, the growth in the energy sector is what tends to cause some of that boom and bust cycles. And I mean, we have seen a tremendous amount of energy sector investment into this province um, throughout really 2000 on. I mean, we've had you know billions of dollars invested, and that's brought a lot of people to this province, and it's caused a lot of growth, and in a quick way, right? And that started with the oil sands development. But if we think back prior to that, I mean, we went through that correction in the 80s, um, you know, really from driven by oil, and then we started to see a period in the 90s, which was really much more stable activity because we didn't have that huge investment spending that was occurring. It was much more stable activity. And I think we're moving into similar aspects now. I mean, oftentimes people here are waiting for that boom. Well, to have that boom, you would need to have a shift in the energy sector. I mean, it still is our primary driver. There has been a lot of work done to try and encourage um, much more diversification in our market. Um, But those changes do take time. So I think we will eventually get there. Um, you know, there's been a lot of incentives to try um, to bring people into the city. And, and we have a lot of factors that, you know, could attract businesses to to locate here. I mean, it, it's happened before in the past. It's when we had CP Rail move here, right? So there's a lot of things that are working in our advantage to try and attract companies to our market. I mean, we still have, um, you know, if we look at our home prices relative to other larger cities, um, we are far more affordable than you know, what somebody could get in Vancouver or in Toronto. Or anywhere, yeah. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Any large city, yeah. Yeah, on most the large- affordable large Most affordable city in Canada, yeah. Yeah, so, and, and that is an advantage for Calgary. And, yeah. you know, on top of all, we do have a really good lifestyle here. So I think that, mm-hmm. you know, when we think about future aspects, like we are driven, there's no question on the short term, we are, we are still based off what happens in, um, you know, the energy sector. But when we think about long-term prospects, when you know you've got companies that might have it a lot harder to attract employment in some areas because it's really unaffordable for people to live there. Um, whereas because we're such an affordable city, that can continue to draw people here. Um, so I think about you know really there's the short-term impacts that we're seeing. But a lot of the structure that's being put in place now. Um, with a coordinated effort from our governments, can position us well for a longer-term um, growth. What do you think are the biggest misconceptions about Calgary as, as a local Calgarian? And I guess were you born in Calgary? Yes, I was. So you're born. So you've been there, yeah, your whole life. And and so what? What would you say are the biggest misconceptions about the city? Um. Well, I think for, that, for outsiders like me. Like me. <laughs> um. You know, I I think people often think that, you know, Calgary is really just the energy sector and there's nothing else. And um, they don't really realize um, how much more we have to offer. I mean, I I have traveled through a lot of parts of the country. And I I mean, I look at Calgary and and think this is a wonderful place to live. Like, there's a reason why I've never left. Um, You know, I've I've gone here and there, but I, I've always come back and this is home because, you know, you can live a lifestyle that frankly you can't live in Toronto. Um, and that is an appeal here. And fr- and frankly, we tend to get paid fairly well for where we live. We have a lot of access to amenities. You know, we're close to the mountains. There's a lot of benefits that we have in our market. And, um, you know, there is sectors outside of the energy um, sector, but I mean, there's people who there's plenty of opportunity in the city, and we are very pro-business in general. Um, 
you know, we support um, entrepreneurs really well. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity, I find, in a city. And I think people often forget that. They think we're just about the energy sector. And no question, that is a, a big part of our economy. Um, but there's so much spin-off activity that happens from that. I mean, we have a very educated workforce here. Um, and that provides a lot of benefits for, for new development. That's great. Um Talking about specifically the Bridgeland neighborhood, where the um, the project that we're 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 working on right now with Minto Era Condos, what uh, what do we need to know about Bridgeland? What 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 can you tell us about that neighborhood specifically? Um, you know, it seems to be hot spot on a lot of the you know best neighborhoods in Calgary type of lists. Like uh, as somebody who lives in Calgary, what you know, how would you describe the neighborhood? What what do you what do you like about it? Um, well, Bridgeland is, uh, there's there's several things. First of all, its proximity to the core is amazing. So you're, you're in an area that has got a lot of character and a lot of charm, um, and you're not really that far from, you know, downtown, and you have your own nodes there, and there's a lot of really unique tor- sort of, um, like, great little restaurants and, and more boutique-y type feel um, in that area. So I, I do like the mix of what you get in that area and how much, um, like, I mean, you can be walking down the street and you see you know, these beautiful little little homes and, and then you go into like there's these, you know, these nice condos. So it's a very diverse little area and um its location is amazing within the city. So Yeah, it's uh it's just a short walk to, to the core and to everything in the core. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and and even if you want to get out of town or you want to do like you have very quick access to some major routes to get you through um, the city as well as you're trying to go to different places, right? Great. Um, Anne-Marie, anything else that I didn't ask you about yourself or about the Calgary market that you you want to touch on or that you wish I asked you? Um, I think we covered most of it. I would just say that, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, really interesting things happening in this city. Um, it continues. I'm I'm quite encouraged by some of the um, initiatives that are be taken by the municipality um, to try and encourage new business investment here. Um, and I often think people get really um, set on the short-term mm-hmm. aspects of real estate versus the sure. long-term. And, yes. and they often forget that real estate really is traditionally a longer-term hold. And I think that we're moving back to more fundamentals in real estate, which is something we haven't seen for many years. Um you know, oftentimes, you know, people would get into even like, you know, people purchasing homes would get into these homes with the thought that, you know, they could get out in a couple of years or, or they just weren't thinking more on a longer term basis. I think now mm-hmm. a lot of those decisions are returning more back to, well, what kind of lifestyle do I want to live? Um, and what community do I want to live in? And where can I see myself be in, in several years from now? And I think we're moving back more to those fundamentals of you know how real estate has been traditionally handled right and it's not a not a get rich quick scheme where you 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 buy something today and a year later you're a millionaire kind of thing yeah exactly and and i mean yeah i mean mean, we saw a lot of it can happen it can happen but it's not the normal way that it, it traditionally does happen over the long period you know over the long term there's you get these periods of boom uh, times, but uh, is, yeah, it's the winners of real estate are always those who take the long-term approach. Absolutely, um, and you know there was you know during the that um, you know peak sort of time, 
and people just weren't thinking about that because they weren't making those decisions on longer-term expectations. I mean, I think when it comes to housing, and, and I mean, again, if you're purchasing it, whether you're purchasing it as an investment or whether you're purchasing it as um, like an investment revenue property or you're purchasing it as your home, there's a lot of decisions that should be going into that. And I think we're starting to see um, people return to going, oh, okay, well, what kind of revenue can I earn on this property and, and what is my time frame? And, and doing that type of assessment, um, you know, looking at your cash on cash returns and, and those types of things that, you know, frankly, I think through a certain period of time, people stop thinking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the, yeah, there's no question, Calgary being the most affordable city in Canada, it's also, you know, from a cash flow perspective, one of the best cash flow uh, cities in Canada to invest in. And, and the numbers are, the fundamentals are really, really good there compared to any other big city, that's for sure. Well, that's right. And I mean, it's very difficult, we know, in this market to try and capture returns. So, you know, having that return opportunity, um, you know, really can be a benefit to our city as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think you're going to get more and more um, eyeballs of investors uh, like this project here. But uh, I think uh, it's, yeah, when word gets out about how good the cash flow situation and the returns are and just how the fundamentals are strong and the future is looking better and better. I think, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's going to be a very attractive market to invest in. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. If people want to get in touch with you, learn more about your work and what you're doing or the, uh, the Calgary real estate board, what, what's the best way for people to do that or where's the best place to go? Um, I encourage them to take a look at on our website, so www.crab.com. Um, we do put a lot of information out monthly on various communities as well as, um, you know, citywide, just general trends of what's happening. And, of course, if, you know, uh, my contact information is there as well, so people can feel free to send me an email or give me a call, and I can see what I can do for them. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie, and hopefully I'll have you on the show again soon. Great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.